Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, and welcome to the Smart Tech Check podcast, where we cover all tech topics that are smart home, home automation, security, and console gaming related. Today is Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Uh, today marks the first customer shipments of the new iPhone 12. We had, a, as everybody knows, last week they did they took the avail off the new iPhone 12 with 5G. And I thought it'd be a great idea to talk to one of the esteemed uh, tech people in the journalism field, and that is Dwight Silverman, who is the, uh, he's a longtime friend. And actually, the long, and I, I'm happy to say that, uh, Dwight, you're also the longtime technology editor of the Houston Chronicle. Good morning, and how are you? Fine, doing great today. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How, how long have you been writing for the Chronicle? Because I met you back in the early 90s when I was at, at, at Compaq, which is a million years ago, when they still had floppy disks. Uh, yes. <laughs> how long have you been with the Chronicle now? Uh, I have been with the Chronicle since 1990. Uh, so this is my 30th year. I came to the Chronicle originally as an assistant state editor for our state news desk. And in 93, you moved over to covering tech. And, and uh, you know, I've worked on the, on the website as an editor and producer and, uh, you know, heading up various initiatives there. But uh, a few years ago, came back to writing tech uh, full time, and I'm really happy about it. Well, you, you're you know you've been not only been a longtime friend. I just love reading your columns. You, you know you've been doing you've been doing now a blog, which I love your blog because it kind of gives you it gives you a taste of um, the, the just the expansive range of tech topics that you're familiar with. And we're certainly going to get mm -hmm. into it because you've been spending a lot of time recently on 5G and some of the mm -hmm. yeah. some of the, the little gotchas there when it comes to 5G. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yes, um, but. Um, Let's talk about the, because um, I haven't spoken to you since Apple did announce the, the uh, mm -hmm. uh, iPhone 12 5G family, now that the, uh, the, the curtain has been pulled back. Uh, what uh, what uh, kind of struck you about the most uh, things that, about the, uh, the 12 announcement itself? Were there anything that jumped right at you besides, we'll get, we'll get into the 5G component, but were there mm -hmm. any elements that really jumped at you when you kind of got a chance to digest everything? Um, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, that did jump out at me uh, was kind of what Apple didn't say. Um, you know, when you look at the phone, and again, this was done in, you know, a pre-recorded, uh, you know, almost an infomercial for the iPhone. Oh, it was, was because um, they no, couldn't it do it live. Yes, a very well yeah, done right. infomercial, but it wasn't infomercial. Yes, very slick, very slick. And um, it, it was, there are things they didn't say. So, so for example, um, you know, the iPhone, the new design, which is from what I've seen is just beautiful, mm -hmm. is a hearkening back to the iPhone 4 and iPhone 5 design. And there was kind of no mention of, um, you know, this is this, you know, this kind of brings out that, uh, that feeling and that oeuvre that, that, the, uh, that the 4 and 5 did. But it's clearly, uh, you know, they're going back in terms of design language to the 4 and the 5. I was also surprised at how much Apple dove into uh, 5G hype that if you have read anything about the actual experience with 5G, um, you know, the way they were talking about it, it was almost as though the early days of 5G, when the carriers were all going, oh, it'll change your life and straighten your teeth and and, uh, you know, it'll make, it'll change everything. In fact, that phrase was used. Uh -huh. And I think any of us who've been testing it and working with it, 
in, in real world scenarios so far are underwhelmed. And, um, uh, you know, to me, it's almost like Apple almost should have known better. When you read the reviews of people, you know, and the coverage of it, almost every reviewer and every tech writer mentioned this, you know, that 5G is not all that at the moment. Right. And that, uh, and to me, I think Apple should have played up the fact, and they did mention this, but I think it should have hit it harder, was that these phones are, are good for future 5G, that they handle a lot of the bands that are coming. Um, here in Houston, uh, we were one of the first cities to get Sprint's mid-band back when Sprint, you know, announced its mid-band coverage. And so uh, here we've got the, you know, the Sprint mid-band uh, with T-Mobile. You've got the T-Mobile the uh, sub six and we, we don't yet have T-Mobile's millimeter wave, but Verizon and AT&T do. And so, you know, eventually all cities, major cities around the country will be like that. And these phones are ready for it. And that's, I think, the way they should have hit it as opposed to going back to hype that sounded like it came from two years ago. Well, you know, let, but let's look at it this way though. And I, I understand where you're coming from. I think, I think what was a relief to me, frankly, was because really nobody knew what implementation of 5G Apple was going to mm -hmm. have that were gonna go mm -hmm. down. Uh, there was, I, I had a concern initially that they would try to bifurcate 5G. They would try to say, oh, on the pro phones, for example, we all knew they were gonna do a pro version of their phones, which has been their habit for the last um, uh, several generations. That they might have the um, uh, the, uh, the 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 midband, the the higher performing five uh, G capability, and the and high end phones. They might have the lower performing five G version, low end phones. They didn't do that. I mean, they put five G right. family, which I think is a great is a great future proof thing. But let let's face it, anybody the 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 the, the limitations are really is because the, the carrier network still is in it's kind of a work in progress. The way things are being right. Put out right now. Right. And there have been has been a lot of odd reporting in that even when you go to a particular place that you that according to the coverage map has great uh, great you know premium performance five G service, mm -hmm. uh, it may be in an odd place in, in the in, in a particular city. It's not as ubiquitous as you'd like to believe. And by the way, as we all know, to get the highest performing service, you have to have almost line of sight with the tower. Right. You know, anything Stand under the tower. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I, I think there is a little bit of a let the buyer beware type of thing. Mm -hmm. because, you mm -hmm. know, I think people are going to get these, you know, thousand dollar plus phones, take them home and instantly right. think, like, well, you know, why am I not getting this incredible performance they talked about at the event? So I, mm -hmm. I agree with you that there probably will be a little bit of disappointment. But having said that, you know, you know, once Apple gets into the market, and I've, I've said this before, they tend to validate the technology, which is a right, little fair right. to others because let's set, face it, Samsung has been in the market for a, a long period of time with 5G phones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, Apple tends to get into it and it kind of tells the market, hey, okay market, now it's time to upgrade your phone, which is a little bit disingenuous if you're a competitor, but that's the brand that Apple has. Um, right, right. But you know, before we go, you know, hit the 5G piece even a little bit harder, there were some things about that, that I really do like what Apple has done from a, um, a competitiveness standpoint, really to keep their phones really bleeding edge. You talked about the design languages being upgraded mm -hmm. to, and mm -hmm. from the photographs I've seen and some of the early pictures I've mm -hmm. seen, it is certainly the idea is really um, very nice. But you know they are employing now ceramic uh, materials 
uh, for the phone itself, which they claim to have, uh, I think it's 4X. In the glass, right. Better right. phone performance, which, you know, mm-hmm. I am sure, you know, it always it intrigues me when I meet a friend and they're, wa- and, and, and they're walking around with a phone that doesn't have a case on it. I've never quite understood that. You know, you're walking around with a thousand dollar device and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, that, that's, of course, that's what keep, keeps those glass replacement huts that you see at, at malls and business because people just, whatever reason, they choose not to do that. I'm still a, a, a phone case guy, but um, I thought that was interesting. Um, but we were talking before we started the podcast. What's your take on the MagSafe technology? What, what, what are your thought on that? Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Apple was late to the party with wireless charging. Um, and, uh, but once they did, they kind of went all in with it. <clears throat> and, and this is kind of an extension of that. Having magnets in the phone to which you can connect, um, you know, a, a, a wireless charger that kind of immediately lines up with it is pretty cool. And then they extend that further and, and put it to use with accessories so that you can snap accessories onto the back of it. I'm, you know, my wife carries a phone with a case where you can, it's designed for credit cards. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she's, you know, she, that, that's the kind of case she carries. And they make a little pocket that snaps onto the back on, on the camera. I mean, on the back of the, of the iPhone 12 and holds onto it. The only thing I've read a couple of reviews where somebody that put it in their pocket and it slid the, the, uh, the pocket slid off the magnet and fell on the floor with the credit cards in it. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, let's say you're walking down the street, you just drop your phone in your back and you keep walking and you don't realize what's happened. There's your credit cards, you know, on the floor. So, so, so I, you know, there, there will be some tweaks. There'll be some third parties who do interesting things with it. I think it's, I think it's very cool. Um, I'm, I'm really well, the amazing huh? thing at Apple is that they do these little things and all of a sudden it spurs a billion dollar accessories business that gets right. gets spun off right. on. And you know, what I like about the MagSafe stuff is that I, I have a closet full of gadgets that I've bought over the years. I never throw the stuff mm-hmm. out, I just put them in boxes. That, that for what's the optimal way to mount your phone in a car? Because I mean, you know, before the pandemic, I was in the mm-hmm. car a lot. And you know, things that don't really, I, I, don't, I don't like gadgets that, somehow um, uh, force you to uh, glue or uh, adhesive on the dashboard. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know, I love the idea of, an, of a, some type of battery mount uh, that's, you know, let's say, for example, it goes through the cup holder. And if it's mm-hmm. secure enough, and that's really what I'm going to be curious about, is that MagSafe connection so strong that it will, you know, securely hold your phone in place on some type of mount inside the car. Yet it's it's uh, not strong enough. So when you, do, you just want to just grab it and go, you just simply uh, uh, take it off. And by the way, this capability also has wireless charging built into it, so you can right, also charge right. it at the same time. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see that way that rolls out. But but you were saying something else, though, and I cut you off. I apologize for that. Yes. <laughs> so the uh, to briefly talk about the thing with the car, there already are magnet mounts for cars, but you have to have like a metal plate in the yes. back of the case. Right. And so it would be interesting to see if it's integrated. The, the one thing about MagSafe is that I'm hoping, dearly hoping that with them resurrecting the name, that they bring back some kind of MagSafe connection for their laptop computers, you know, for the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air. Uh, because I, I really, I have a 2014 MacBook Pro as we were talking about, you know, before we started. And I love the MagSafe on it. I, I probably have 
I probably would not have a 2014 MacBook Pro anymore if it hadn't had MagSafe on it because it would have been destroyed the number of times I've kicked that cord. So I'm hoping that by resurrecting the brand, they bring back this capability in some form or fashion, maybe for their uh, Apple Silicon uh, notebooks in some way. That would be excellent. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I mean, obviously, they've been going down the USB-C path, you know, for power mm-hmm. on notebooks, but it would not, it, you know, the, and Apple would, will do it right. I mean, we were talking before the call that right. there are some knockoff companies that have adapters that you could plug into it, and they may or may not be very good for your mm-hmm. <laughs> notebook, and they probably may even void the warranty if there's any type of uh, power damage that's caused by them. But I could see Apple have some type of, a, you know, a MagSafe adapter that plugs into the USB port, and then you just buy a... a um, a MagSafe power supply like they do exist. And mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, think about how many notebooks you would have destroyed um, if, you know, uh, if you didn't have that in that era when you had that yes. capability. You know, getting up, oh, I hit the power cord and the laptop goes flying across the um, table. That's right. happened to me a few times. Right, right. Did you think it was curious um, that, going back to the 5G discussion, that the only carrier that was on stage or been part of that virtual that lab lavish virtual event that they did was Verizon. You know, I, what, what, what struck me about that was that if you recall, uh, um, it was AT&T that really brought Apple to the party, you know, with the first uh, generation right. uh, iPhone. Back. They were an exclusive with AT&T. And, and, and it wasn't exclusive. So was it curious to you that they have Verizon on? It was not, you know, there's obviously other carriers beyond Verizon, but they were like the, the, the vendor of the day, you know, featured during that that big announcement with Apple. So do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know, it, Verizon, I think, was, was ready to announce its nationwide 5G, which is actually kind of a nationwide 4G carve-off of uh, Spectrum. Um, but the, uh, and, and I think that, you know, Verizon's 5G uh, millimeter wave product is the closest thing to what uh, people want 5G to be uh, in terms of speed. You know, I saw some reviewers who were wandering around on the streets of New York looking for looking for towers that uh, they could stand under, and they were getting like two and a half gigabit down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that that was kind of Apple was kind of wanting to show here's you know what what we all want 5G to be. Um, what's interesting about Verizon is. Um, and, and they're doing this in other cities, but in, again, in Houston, Houston was one of the first cities where they, it was here. Verizon has this 5G home service, which is a, uh, uses 5G technology for fixed broadband. You mount a little antenna on the outside of your house and there's a tower somewhere and it talks directly to it. You get, it's essentially a competitor for AT&T and Comcast and Charter and so forth. And uh, what they started doing in Houston is using those transmitters that are doing fixed broadband to also start broadcasting millimeter wave mobile. So suddenly, if, when you look at the, at the uh, coverage map for Verizon in Houston, there are these dark red areas along streets and in, in an increasing number of suburbs and neighborhoods where supposedly there is actual millimeter wave 5G for your phone. You're not going to be able to get it in your house. And you're not going to be able to get it even in your car. I've tested millimeter wave and it doesn't penetrate the windows on your car. Right. But uh, if I go and you know sit on my front porch 
I can have a millimeter wave experience. And um, so, so, you know, they're starting to expand it out. And to that extent, I'll, I'll give to Verizon the fact that, um, that more and more people who bring one of these Verizon phones home, depending on where they live and depending on whether Verizon is doing what they're doing here in Houston and other places, um, you actually could get that 5G experience that Tim Cook was crowing about. And, and, you know, the interesting question will be, and this is really divorced from the Apple component itself, is that, um, I mean, let's face it, you know, if you do have a, a really full-blown 5G experience, um, the, um, that has interesting implications for the smart home because that really could replace your pipe, your, your, your traditional um, um, uh, cable pipe that might be coming to your house. And I think you're going to see a whole rise of devices where, you know, once you can get that signal to your house in some way, and that might require some type of mini tower <laughs> that you put on your house so you don't, mm -hmm. you don't you, you, so you avoid the line of sight issue. And there are all kinds of routers now are being developed. Netgear just came out with a router that takes that 5G signal at the router level and then converts it to Wi-Fi 6. So you can mm -hmm. then connect your home with Wi-Fi coverage. So that to me is going to be the interesting implication of um, 5G when it's really ro um, rolled out because all of a sudden now you can get really, really great speeds that you can, you know, you can um, uh, uh, blow out throughout the entire house, and God knows all the kinds of devices you'll be able to attach to it. Um, let's spend a little bit of time, you know, what was, I thought was interesting because um, I got to get this in is um, HomePod. You know, the, uh, what I was, what I was really struck. The HomePod by, Mini, yeah. And they led with that. You know, if you look at the event, and remember, every all those yeah. Apple events are incredibly well scripted. They, they just don't do things in random order. Right. It led with the HomePod Mini, and that surprised me that, by the way, they, they priced it $99. I can't think of the last time I, an accessory was $99 at Apple. I mean, someone that was priced, you're going to buy two or three of these, you know? I was mm -hmm. expecting like $199, $249, mm -hmm. but no, they were aggressive there. Mm -hmm. um, what's your thought? Because it, it kind of sounds like they, they were, they talked a, a bit, bit about their HomeKit strategy and their, their smart home strategy in general. Any commentary about, do you think there was some C-shift that you think that now Apple wants to use these HomePod minis as kind of a, an Alexa um, alternative? You know, I mean, the HomePod, it, it, it was too, it was, it's too expensive, the standard one, to mm -hmm. be an effective Alexa replacement. But, but what are your mm -hmm. thoughts in terms of the way the new HomePod mini fits into the overall smart home strategy? Um, I, I think it, it, it does indeed... Uh, it is more competitive with, with the Alexa and the Google Home devices. Um, they still were emphasizing music to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were talking about being, and they were, and the whole idea was that you buy multiple ones. The, the intercom feature, intercom which is feature. actually pretty cool, yes. you know, is, uh, is indicative of that. I, I don't put too much stock in it being the first item because if they had done it, after the iPhone, like everybody would have like turned it off, you know, at the end of the iPhone announcement. So I think they were kind of, you know, I think it was kind of the prelude. Um, but I, I think one of the, you know, I have not, I loved the HomePod I tried as a review unit. The sound was incredible. Yes. And, um, and I'm really curious to see what the sound on this is like. And, uh, and I would have bought maybe a HomePod uh, the original, if it had not been so expensive, you know, if it was a dollar, uh, $149, mm -hmm. I would have like been a lot more interested in that device. Um, 
what's interesting right now, and I was surprised at this, I believe that the HomePod will not work as a sound source for the Apple TV, which, um, you know, I could see buying a couple of these, putting them on, if you don't have a sound bar already, putting them on either side of your television and, and using them as sound. But apparently it, not, it doesn't yet work with that. I was kind of surprised at that. I think that that would be a natural. You know, you, you know, you brought up the original HomePod and what frustrated me is that the original HomePod, if you recall, there were a lot of limitations to it. It did sound great, right? Uh, but you couldn't use it with Siri for, uh, from a phone call. You couldn't receive calls on it. You couldn't give calls right. on it. There were, it almost felt like it was not ready for prime time, frankly, when they came right. out. And those are all fixed now. They were all, they fixed out all the, those issues. What I really didn't like, and I remember when I reviewed it a, a couple of years ago, is because it connects via um, it connects via Bluetooth, right? Or is it through Wi-Fi? It's Wi-Fi. It's Wi-Fi. But there's significant, mm -hmm. there was at least, the, and they have fixed it to a degree, um, it had significant latency issues. So if you were using it as a mm -hmm. speaker, as your main speaker on your computer, if you're watching a YouTube video, the audio is always a bit out of um, uh, synchronization, you know? So mm -hmm. that, that, that kind of bothered me, but I, they've optimized that and, and, and it's a little bit better um, in terms of if you want to use that as your core speaker off your mm -hmm. system. But I, I think the, the, the HomePod mini is going to be a, a um, is going to be a secret hit, not even a secret hit because it's out there. Nothing can be a secret at Apple, but uh, I think it's, it's priced to buy in volume. You know, you're not going to just buy one of them. You're going to buy two or three. That intercom feature is, that's the point, right? It's tremendous. Right. You know, that you can put those through the, all the, the house. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The one downside to it is that Siri remains as dumb as a box of rocks <laughs> and is of the, of the assistants. It is to me, it is the least smart. And, uh, it's something, you know, I don't know, I don't know why they can't get that, you know, to be really competitive with uh, the Google Home and the uh, uh, the Amazon Echo, you know, possibly because they're not willing to do what's necessary to pull in the smarts because of privacy issues, you know, they're really serious about. And so it, it, it has kind of a limitation there. But, but um, I think that, you know, if you think of it as a limited speaker, the other thing that Apple's doing in the future, which is interesting, and this could be uh, placing it for that, is remember that Apple is involved with Google and with Amazon looking for a standard for smart speakers and digital assistants so that they all can interact with each other. Right. And uh, I certainly can see the HomePod being part of that strategy as well. No, I, I think that's, a, that's actually a terrific observation because let's face it, you know, most people are, uh, who have a smart home Either you're an Amazon person, or you're you're a Google Assistant person, or you're, mm -hmm. or to a lesser extent, a Siri person. You don't see many people mm -hmm. with like mixed environments because it's too complex. Uh, right. you know, not all the devices support every other device on the market. Um, and the other thing that I always always struggled with is that the the smart assistants fail if you, for a nanosecond you have to think what the word is to invoke them. You know, and unfortunately right. each of those devices have different ways to activate them you know so that's that's a challenge as well but i do think some type of, of protocol or industry standard that would sort that out you know to me a rising tide affects all boats and that would certainly i think lift not that amazon needs a whole lot of lifting with alexa but um i still I certainly think that would make people feel a lot better about interoperability uh between those types well, and and it's also designed for it'll also it's also designed for um other smart home devices but you know it it comes with a protocol that lets 
uh, Wemo and Alexa devices and Google Home and HomePod all okay. talk to each other as yeah. well. And so it'll be, you know, it'll be inter interoperable with that. And that's, uh, that's just as big a deal. Yeah, and and, the la and I want to talk about one other topic, but just to finish this off, the one thing I was a bit disappointed to hear is that because I do have a HomePod, it's upstairs, which mm -hmm. I don't really use, uh, but you cannot use a HomePod and a HomePod Mini as stereo speakers. You can you can use two HomePod Minis, and you can use I presume right. you can do HomePods, but you can't do a mix and match type of thing, which kind of, that was kind of, uh, that's a bit odd to me, why they wouldn't allow that capability, but there's maybe Well, it may, it may be, you know, they're, they're serious about how good the sound is, and it could be that kind of combination would sound really weird. Yeah. Because the speakers are so much smaller and so forth, you know. Exactly. I mean, they're what, what I I expect at some point with these, with the HomePod, they may come after uh, Sonos, you know, which where the, where the, the music can uh, shift depending on what room you're in. And uh, and that would be that would be really interesting too. Last topic I want to hit, and I'm sure you'll have some spirited opinions about this. Is um, you have you just bought a brand new iMac? I know that you're delighted with it, and you think <laughs> the performance is unbelievable. Um, there are rumors that there's going to be another announcement event in November. I think the date they're bouncing around is November 17th, although that hasn't been um, confirmed by Apple. But they are mm -hmm. going to make some type of um, uh, either Mac Mini, MacBook. Maybe it's not that new, uh, new, new over overhauled iMac design, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. iMac with uh, Apple Silicon. So let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that because um, okay. your take on that. You know, are you gonna, Would you be a first um, adopter of a whatever it is, whether it's a Mac Mini or some type of desktop computer? Would you mm -hmm. take, Would Would you uh, embrace a uh, a computer with a non Intel or non AMD processor for your um, Mac computing needs? Uh, so I just bought this 27 inch Mac mini, I mean, Mac, iMac. iMac, right. And yeah. And so I ain't buying another desktop for a while, <laughs> but, but, uh, like maybe till I die, but, um, the, uh, I am interested in a, a new portable. And, and one of the things that really intrigues me about say a future MacBook pro or a MacBook air that uses Apple Silicon is essentially, it would have the same capabilities uh, that an iPhone does. Mm -hmm. It would be a piece of cake to put a 5G uh, chip in it. It would be a piece of cake then to give it the same kind of capabilities that an iPhone has. Uh, and, uh, I, I, and I think things like handoff would be vastly improved. Uh, I think it being able to interoperate with a newer Apple TV, I think it being able to do, I'm, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see AirPlay 3 come out as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the idea of having essentially a notebook computer that's actually an iPhone or, um, but, but is not necessarily an iPad, which right. you know, Apple is kind of playing around with that form factor, uh, I think is really intriguing. The battery life, um, you know, the kinds of things you could do with graphics. Uh, I, I just think it's a really, an, and, and AR and VR, I think are, are really interesting possibilities there. And so, yes, I would definitely buy one. I don't know that I'd get version 1.0. You know, if they did a, if they did a uh, MacBook Pro next year, I probably wouldn't get it. I probably would wait a year just for them to kind of figure out exactly what happens with these or in the wild. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm I'm really interested in it. I'm really excited. But I do love my 
my Intel iMac. It's awesome. Well, what, what's going to be intriguing, I think, is the way they um, market different flavors of their Apple Silicon. I mean, I, for the life of me, I cannot believe that this is going to come out with like an I, when you buy an iPhone or an iPad, it's one flavor of Apple Silicon. There's one, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, there's one um, processor in it. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they always tout the latest one is the fastest and mm-hmm. greatest thing on the planet. But, you know, we've been trained for 35 years in the PC space that, oh, you, you know, bigger, bigger clock speeds faster, it's more core, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, for years, Apple has kind of railed against that because they really, they're, 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 their belief is, well, don't concentrate on clock speed. There's other things you can keep right. on in terms of overall right. performance. But it's hard for me to believe as an old marketeer that they would not want to ignore the business opportunity is coming out with, you know, four flavors of the iMac, just to throw that out there with a tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four in terms of performance and speed, you know, in, in terms of upsells. So that to me is going to be interesting how they market that. Now they, they maybe they don't do that. Maybe they come out with, hey, there's just one flavor, and you know it's the best and greatest, and you don't have to think about it when you buy the, this version of the iMac or, or MacBook uh, mm-hmm. or MacBook Pro. It's coming with the the, the, the best Apple Silicon uh, out there from the performance standpoint. But that's going to be intriguing to me the way if they decide to go down a more you know upsell type of path in terms of offering uh, the different flavors of Apple Silicon. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that they will use, they may do it initially using the same chips, but over time, they may want to increase the number of cores for their, uh, for their MacBook and desktop line. Certainly when they get to the iMac, they'll want to do that. Um, and, I'm, and I don't know enough about chip architecture to answer this question, maybe you do, mm-hmm. but is it possible to pair multiple Apple uh, processors together so could you have two like a14 bionic chips in a in an imac oh it's very, together it's very very possible that can be done mm-hmm. i mean there's always yeah. a cost consideration and right. software, the operating system has to be optimized and take advantage of multiple processors in, in the system mm-hmm. that's certainly possible so that's another path they could go down you know um right it, to me you know i take it up twenty thousand feet it's Apple has always been about simplicity. They don't really want right. you spending a lot of brain power thinking, do I really want to understand the internals of, of a processor architecture mm-hmm. so I can make a purchase decision? You know, and, and that's what intrigued me, you know, getting back to the whole iPhone 5G announcement is that yes, 5G was kind of the center star of the, of the, of the presentation, but the Apple has always been about that an embedded experience is the, the, the best experience. Meaning mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not just about 5G. It's not about uh, a great processor, not great hardware. It's the collection of all those four or five different disparate items that come together in a beautifully um, uh, integrated manner that delivers this tremendous um, immersive experience from, a, from a, a computing performance standpoint. So, uh, you know, I, could they do it? Sure they could. But I, I, I always think they get concerned about frankly, uh, in terms about, you know, whether they muddle the message or not. That's why I think to your point, while they did talk about a lot about 5G at the announcement, they didn't really get, you know, really, really need, you know, you know, at the grass level into the technical delivery of 5G, because I don't think they, I don't think they want to lose people, you know, I mean, let's face it, I, I bet you get calls and, uh, and questions all the day from your readers and family members. Um, uh, 5G is, a, it's still a very, um, elusive to- topic for the average consumer, you know, 
you know, a millimeter wave and a sub a six, um, um, the, um, the uh, sub six uh, uh, hertz band. That stuff is very mm -hmm. esoteric for the average right. user. And I don't think Apple, if Apple has their druthers, they don't want really people focusing on that. You know, that's a carrier. Yeah, and I, I, and, and I think that that's, um, from what I can tell from the communication I have, and of course, people who, who email me, you know, I've written a lot about this, uh, like a lot, like maybe am I doing too much? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, but, but, but my readers kind of understand that it's not what the hype has said it was now. And so I think that there's some education, you know, when you, certainly people who read technology uh, uh, writers and, you know, who, who live all day on, on The Verge and TechCrunch and, and iMore and so forth, uh, they, um, they then go talk to their friends and their friends come to them for advice. And so over time, this stuff trickles down to them. And, um, and so I, I think that there's kind of more of an awareness of kind of what the reality of 5G is. Mm. I don't think it's, it's my impression from talking to people that either they go, oh yeah, I've heard about that or, or worse, oh, on my, on my AT&T phone, I already have 5G because it says 5GE, you know, you, I, I hear that a lot, unfortunately. And, um, uh, and, and then they, you know, they, I think a lot of people, either they don't have much of a knowledge of it at all, in which case it all goes over their head and they're just buying a phone with a great screen and a really good camera. Uh, or they say, okay, well, I have this and it'll get, it'll be faster, but I'm realistic about it. Sure. And I think that, I, th I think more and more, that's kind of what, what people are saying. Uh, last question for you. Uh, are you stepping up to an iPhone 12 or are you waiting for the new, uh, the Pro Max? Um, I'm waiting for the Pro Max, uh, which will be out early next month, because uh, I have a, an 11 Pro Max, and I'm on the Apple Upgrade program, so I'm really kind of like leasing my iPhones. You know, I turn in this one, and I, the payments don't change. So, um, and uh, and the one I, I want 5G because I want the experience. I'm a T-Mobile customer, and so kind of to be able to write about it, I want to be able to have a 5G phone so I can experience that. Um, I'm also really uh, uh, an iPhone camera buff and the camera in the Pro Max. This is the first time in a while where Apple has taken the big phone and given it capabilities that the other Pro phone doesn't have. Right. Uh, so like the difference in the way it does uh, uh, optical uh, stabilization, um, things like that just kind of really interest me. I, I do a lot of photos at night and unfortunately, it's like a, my cat's sleeping in the living room. And, um, and so I really want like a really good night camera. Um, and, uh, and so the fact that, you know, it has improved uh, the night mode, which is already pretty great, I'm interested in. So my, I, I, I'm doing 5G kind of for professional reasons, but as a personal, uh, the personally, the way I use a phone, I'm, I'm interested in, in the cameras. Well, yeah, and we should finish off on that because that's a, actually a separate, a, a, could be a great separate call. I mean, Apple, and we really mm -hmm. spent too much time in that. Apple is re really, 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 did I say enough reallys? They are really going after the uh, premium photography person uh, with these new mm -hmm. iPhone pros. I mean, the technology is unbelievable. This whole notion of computational photography. Um, now they have LiDAR. You know, we didn't even talk about that. You know, LiDAR mm -hmm. is a, right. a dramatic component 
to content creation for AI and things like that that you can do at a, at a, at a consumer level. It's just amazing. I mean, and some of the formats are bringing into the new iPhone uh, pro, uh, pro models um, is really technology that doesn't appeal to the mainstream user. I mean, things like Dolby, uh, the raw format. I mean, those are, are really professional grade, professional grade mm -hmm. level te technologies. And, you know, outside of um, zoom lenses, I mean, it's really, it's really hard to find a reason not to buy an iPhone 12 Pro simply for the photography, um, right. uh, especially video. It does, I mean, there's, there's a whole cottage industry that, that has uh, popped up where people make movies just using their iPhone, you know, which is just amazing. And you think, yes. we, we got to yes. have a thought, you know, and what we'll do is, because I'm waiting for the iPhone 12 Pro Max as well. After we get that, we, we should have a follow-up call and exchange experiences about that. Because I'm, we should geek out over our Pro Maxes. We will geek out. Uh, but then, hey, uh, Dwight, this has been great. Uh, thanks for participating in today's podcast. Uh, to the more insights and strategy audience, thank you for tuning in today. Please follow us in our social media partner list. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great week. Mm -hmm.